2: A feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. All right. Well, I certainly am excited about today's podcast. Um, Let me start with a very direct question. And we have two guests, so Josiah, I'll let you answer first, and then Ron, I'll let you answer second. You guys are pro the banning of trail cameras, right?
4: No. Is that a trick question?
2: It was a trick question. It was. Yes, sir. Ron? You're trying to make sure we're paying
0: attention. We're paying attention. No, I am opposed to any trail camera ban.
2: Exactly. Well, because this is going to be a very hard hitting conversation. What I want to do is I want to introduce you right away. Uh, Cody and I are here from blood origins. Um, we have very, um, I would say a little bit different perspectives when it comes to trail cameras. Um, but we obviously want to hear from you guys. We want to hear from the guys that, uh, feel like there was a significant overreach when it came to the banning of trail cameras. So. Without further ado, I'll let Josiah, why don't you introduce yourself? And then Ron, once he finishes introducing himself, you can introduce yourself.
4: I'm Josiah Scott. And I guess you could say I'm the face on the milk garden of the trail cam uh, against the trail cam band.
0: Uh My name is Ron Nixon. I've been uh, kind of out front forward facing on this issue for the last three years, really, I guess. Um, I run a, a social media hunting page called Broadhead Nation. We're mostly on Facebook. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally opposed to the overreach that's, been, that's, that's happened here in the last 30 to 45 days.
2: So Cody and I were talking about this earlier. And when we had the commissioners on back in March, at that time, the bar was extremely high in terms of what the ban was going to be and it was a blanket ban at that stage. And if you had asked me post that podcast with the commissioners and said, Robbie, where do you think this is gonna land? I would have said, I think that they have set the bar really high coming out the gate to then listen to public comment, to whittle the bar down, 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 to then come up with some very specific set of rules that come around trail cameras and adaptively then manage that rule or regulation over time if you had told me that they were going to create a blanket trail camera ban in a ruling 30 days ago as you said Ron i wouldn't have believed you because i wouldn't have thought that something like that would have would have happened because it's almost like you're picking the bad apple out and saying the bad apple represents everyone right
0: agreed Um, When this whole thing started, um, a lot of us thought, well, they're going to go for talking about a complete and total ban, and then at the end of it, they'll come out with some kind of seasonal ban, or they'll take public comment, and maybe another uh, idea will come forward um, that has better merit or has more enforceability, Um, and as it turns out, they went for the entire ban, um, and that was their goal from day one. And we know that was their goal from day one.
4: Josiah? I think we need to start where this began. Go ahead. So this began in 2018. They attempted to ban trail cams at that time. Many of us were fighting this on our own or what I call lone wolf. Okay? Not really knowing each other, but knowing there was a bunch of guys that were against any type of trail cam ban. Okay, so many of us fought it at our own levels. And we were there and, or watched the commission meetings when they actually voted down anything to do with a ban on trail camps. And at that time, Commissioner Eric Sparks had said that trail camps were not a fair chase issue. And that is on record by Commissioner Eric Sparks out of Tucson. He's not a commissioner at this time.
0: Commissioner Eric Sparks, just to piggyback on that a little bit, went so far as during um, the open comment period and the public comment period where he reached out to multiple organizations, Boone and Crockett, National Wild Turkey Federation, Safari Club International, Pope and Young, and everybody all had agreement that static trail cameras that you have to place, go in, check, pull the card, check your batteries, that kind of thing. Don't interfere with Fair Chase. Um, The only organization at the time that ruled that potential Fair Chase issues might come into play was Pope and Young that said, uh, live action or cellular communication trail cameras might interfere with Fair Chase. Um, So he made that statement and due to his follow up and research, he said, no, this is not a fair chase issue, and we're gonna vote, and he's gonna vote no against it. And he was kind of the vote that turned the tide, and then it was a unanimous vote, okay, we're not gonna ban trail cameras around water. That's what the initial um, attempt was, was to ban trail cameras within a quarter, uh, quarter mile of water. Uh, so based on that, and based on the fact that none of those opinions have really changed with any of these outdoors organizations, Pope & Young, Boone & Crockett, Safari Club International, Dallas Safari Club, uh, National Wild Turkey Federation, Rocky Mountain Elk, Mule Deer Foundation. None of these organizations say that using a trail camera and checking a trail camera has anything to do with fair chase because they understand what using a trail camera means and what the information on it really means. So for five commissioners to come in all of a sudden and say that everybody else in the entire outdoors world is wrong, and Fair Chase is affected with these trail cameras, I just think it's a little audacious. I think it's a little bit of an overreach. Um, it's, it's an ultimate power grab, and I, 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 I severely disagree with their opinions, and not only do I disagree with it, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people disagree with it. Um, and the most respected wildlife and hunting organizations in the, in the world disagree with it.
4: Question here, Robbie. When you had Commissioner Davis on, he spoke exclusively about the fair chase issue of trail cameras. But that was not their original narrative. You need to understand that. They, had, they have to get permission to open rulemaking. Now, last year was under emergency rulemaking session is what they asked for, okay? They were granted that permission. And here's how they were granted that. They told the governor's liaison. Now, this is the Game and Fish Department that wrote a letter. We have the letter that Ty Gray Mm -hmm. wrote to Charles Poldalek, who is the governor's liaison, that gives them permission to open rulemaking or emergency rulemaking, and they told them, so the governor has executive orders, correct? and the executive orders are to help cut government, bureaucracy, government red tape, okay? So every new rule, they gotta take three rules away, okay? So the governor had specific things you had to meet, specific requirements. The only thing Game and Fish could use to get emergency rulemaking open was they said trail cameras created a significant public safety health threat that's the only way they got that later somebody went back to poldelac we believe behind the scenes and told him you better add fair chase okay because if not they're going to pound us on this public safety health threat okay so That's why we feel like this is wrong to start with. So let me
2: let me sort of tack on um, a question that I had. Right. Sure. It comes down to when the issues, and, and it didn't come to the blanket component, but it came down to let's talk about three units in Arizona that are very highly prized units from a trophy quality perspective. They have water holes, they have trickle tanks, and those water holes and trickle tanks have a number of trail cameras on them and there's a lot of interaction between and let's be honest when it comes to those three units the deer and elk quality in those three units and the outfitters that have clients that are paying a lot of money to go after those animals you could understand that there could be some potential Altercations or potential issues, but I will say this: more often than not, given the fact that we're all men sitting on this podcast, you'll probably just figure it out out there, right? Mm-hmm. You'd knock it, you know, you'd figure it all out. And so, I guess maybe my question is: is that a fallacy? Is that There isn't an issue on the landscape, and I'm not asking about severity here. I'm just saying: is there an issue? Do you think there isn't an is there is an issue, or there isn't an issue? I'll jump in here, having most recently been up on one
0: of those premier hunting units up in Unit 13A. I was up in there in uh, two years ago, 2019. And um, are there issues with multiple cameras on water holes? Sure, I guess there's a lot of cameras on water holes. Are there people checking those cameras? Absolutely. Is the issue the cameras themselves? No. The issue is people not. Having any respect for one another. Um, it, it, it's a, it, this is a human element issue. This isn't a camera issue. So, what we have to do is we have to find a way to correct the behaviors or rule on the behaviors instead of ruling on the equipment. And that's the bottom line here. If someone's sitting at a trail camera spot, a water hole per se, waiting for a deer to come in and all of a sudden somebody rolls in to check a camera early in the morning or late in the evening when we know the eggs animals are going to come in, then yeah that's a hunter harassment issue. You want to open emergency rulemaking and change the definition of hunter harassment and have people who are interrupting other people's hunts guilty of hunter harassment which includes penalties up to and including revocation of your license in all 50 states yeah, let's do that. But to all of a sudden say trail cameras everywhere are now this problem, uh, that's just a fallacy. That's just a fallacy. And you were lied to over and over again by that commissioner. And I can tell you the only emergency in this emergency rulemaking was the fact that the commissioner Davis is on his way out. Commissioner Davis only has 6 months left in his term and he know if he he knew if he didn't get this done now, it wouldn't get done and addressed.
4: Robbie, are you aware that uh, representative bob thorpe out of flagstaff pulled two bills in january of 2020.
0: yeah he pulled two bills that were being introduced into legislation those two bills were to um ban trail camera use statewide on a legislative basis and the other one was to ban hunting within a quarter mile of a water source statewide that was being put through into legislation so Bob Thorpe was initiating those in January of 2020, and then he got enough uh, feedback, input, uh, people pushing back against, a pushback, I guess I should say, uh, from the public that he ended up pulling the bills. And the behind the scenes that we're being told was that we, it was told that we will handle it through the commission and not handle it legislatively. Now, we don't have any confirmation of that. But we've been told over and over again, we're trying to do this because we don't want this done legislatively. We want to be able to do this through our, through our commission process, through our rulemaking process. So that's fine. But once again, what was Bob Thorpe's motivation? Why was he introducing these bills? You know, he's introducing these bills because he's, you know, caving into a public interest. Was he caving into cattle ranchers? Was he caving? Uh, we don't know. This is all the insider uh, information in politics that we just don't get, we don't have the information on. Sure. Uh, All we can do is guess, make educated guesses, put one and one together and come up with two, put two and two together, come up with four. So it's, it's, it's very interesting that, you know, less than a year after all of a sudden these bills mysteriously get pulled, that emergency rulemaking is drawn up by a lame duck commissioner that's not coming back?
4: Well, if you even look at the bulletins that Game and Fish used, even the bulletins they used, it's almost like whoever wrote that has never run a trail camera. Some of the stuff is just totally ridiculous. I don't know if you guys have had time to read some of the bullet points that they used to, to prove their case. Um, but if you start looking at this thing, it's an agenda. It's a personal agenda that they have. Now, listen, we're willing to work with them. They could have shut it down just during the hunts. Guys like me, I love running a camera through the summertime. It's a blast, it's a treasure hunt. There's many guys like me that like to do that. We'll run it whether we have a tag or not, just because we like it. But now, with this new rule, I can get my license taken away. If I was to show somebody that picture, and they actually killed that animal. Okay? So enforcement's going to be a big problem. But listen, like Commissioner Davis said, he said 97% of the hunters will obey the rule. So they know that. But we believe what's happening here is because of the rule, they're actually going to make thieves out of honest men. Because they'll drive by a water catchment, they'll think automatically it's a hunter. They'll go over there and take that camera off because that's illegal. But what if that was a bird watcher? Another thing, guys. But
2: Josiah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold the, on. Why would they remove the trail camera? It's not illegal to have a trail camera out in the state of Arizona.
4: Based on opinions. We have a lot of guys out here, opinions. Guys that hate trail cameras no matter what. They steal them all the time. It's on National Forest. They think they can steal them. That is not true. They can actually be charged with theft if they steal our trail cameras. And it happens every year. It happens all the time. These are folks that have the opinion they're totally against trail cams. They have a right to their opinion, but they don't have a right to control the narrative of their opinion. Cody, keeping quiet.
3: Yeah, I. I, I uh, so I want to I'm going to take. And and a little allotment of time, and and at at one time, at some point, and I've gone back and watched, I've gone back and read emails. Um, at one point, I was swayed First of all, a little background, um, for you guys, um, in a, in like a non-violent way. I'm pretty anti-government, um, and I have a fear of the uh, death by a thousand cuts to this culture of hunting that we that we love. Um, and that was my first initial gut reaction to hearing about, um, here's the weird thing about me is I'm also completely okay with cellular trail cams, not being allowed to be a part of hunting. I'm I'm okay with that. I don't know where I, I don't know where I think I have the authority, right, right. But at, at the same time, um, my initial reaction, and it's, it's on a podcast, I'm not making any of this up, was I said to Robbie, I think that's a death by a thousand cuts thing. Um, then someone somewhere brought up animal welfare to me, right? Like I think if two guys end up punching each other in the mouth over a trail cam, I agree with Ron, that's not a trail cam problem, that's a people problem. Um, but if a scientist who I trusted, and I didn't think had an ulterior motive could talk me out, could talk me into supporting a trail cam ban. Animal welfare is probably the only way that, you know, if there was, I've hunted Arizona um, and snuck up on, I'm, you know, I'm hunting it as an out of stater. So I snuck up on what I thought was this great secret water hole that I found. And it was like, I was at the Daytona 500 when sun came up. Right. I mean, just people everywhere. I, I was not near the uh the uh grand Arizona hunter that I thought I was. Cause everyone um every person within a thousand miles knew where that water hole was right also it was on a map. I don't know why I thought I was cool. With the <laughs> um it if they had come with an animal welfare issue um you know and approached that from a seasonal type of an approach um i don't want I also don't like to be the guy that lives five hundred miles away in Colorado that thinks he understands this debate so i I don't want to get real assertive um, but I do lean towards the side of an all out ban um you need to give me an an actual reason, and it can't be that it's only a fair chase issue in, in Arizona and not the entire rest of the world. And, and I have this fear that, that uh, you know, that Colorado could be next. And would losing trail cams completely ruin my hunting experience? Not at all. I haven't hunted, I've set trail cams for the last several years and then honestly hunted somewhere else. I'd probably because I'm not good at choosing where to set the trail cams and don't have anything spectacular on them. Um, but I very much like doing it. I very much don't see it as a fair chase issue. Where I'm setting them, it's definitely not a human interaction issue. Um, and I only check them every six or eight weeks, so it's not an animal welfare issue. But when we heard people talking about what seemed like crazy numbers I mean, people talking about dozens and dozens of trail cams on a waterhole. Um, and if there's a human being driving into those waterholes, again, I see, I see you shaking your head, Ron. Please know I'm just telling you what I heard. I'm not making any kind of an argument about those numbers. That's the only argument. Yeah, you're, hearing,
0: to me. you're hearing exaggerations. I get it.
3: There's, that's the only argument to me that could make me defend this is animal welfare. I, I think the, the welfare of the population of animals is our first priority, um, especially when it comes to convenience, right? Especially when it comes, because that's what trail cams are. They're a convenience. They're not a necessity in any type of hunting. They may be a necessity in certain places to lead to success, but they're not a necessity to get out there. Um, but at the same time, I think, I think to sum it up, um, I see the all-out ban as a death by a thousand cuts to our rights as hunters. Um, I don't... I want to end with... I'm also a guy in Colorado that the two times that he's hunted Arizona proved he wasn't very good at it. Okay? I don't know the specific... I, I don't like people from another place telling people in this place what they should do, right? So I, I want to overemphasize that I'm not making a decision on this, um, but my gut, and I agree that if they had come back and said, hey, you know, the animals are especially susceptible and need this water during June, July, August, September because of the heat, we need to keep the human interaction down. I made all that up. Zero science to anything I just said. That would that would have set totally different with me. Um, but the the all out ban. I I need to hear more. Um, and I think that it, like I could probably record what I just said, and that's what I would play to the commissioners when if I got it, if when I win or if I get a chance to speak to them. Um. I don't. I, that, there's one more thing that I want to say is. It's how much I appreciate you guys coming on to talk um, because Absolutely. we have scoured everything that Blood Origins put out um, and neither of us ever took a stance in favor of an all-out ban. Um, and we have been pounded. We have been attacked in our DMs. We've been attacked across social media. And it's solely because we didn't yell at the commissioners over their stance on it. We're not going to yell at anyone about anyone's stance, um, but you will not find a spot where, where blood origins came out in favor of an all out ban of trail cameras. Um, You will hear me say, if someone proves to me it's an animal welfare issue, I think animal welfare is more important than the right to use trail cams. Um, But that's never been brought up by the commission that I've seen publicly. Um, So, that's my stance on it. I'm a big believer in people fighting what they, what they believe in. Um, and after listening to you guys for 24 minutes, um, you've both done it in a, you know, we really didn't know. We didn't know, we didn't know what was going to happen here. We didn't know, you know, if you guys were going to start yelling or whatever. You've both done it in a very articulate and professional way. You both obviously have done your research. Um. And I'm now babbling because I don't know what else to say. I think an all-out ban was, a, was an overreach. Ron? Can I respond to Cody? Go ahead,
4: Josiah. Go for it, Josiah, then I'll you back. Okay, perfect. So you guys took for the peripheral brick and laid it on the balances just now, Cody, okay? By allowing Ron and I to come on here, because most of us looked at that as a one-way story. You heard one side of the story. This side, you got the second page. You kept rating the book, hey, one, and we appreciate. Wait one second, that.
3: Josiah. I I need you to know, and if no one believes me, I can send you screenshots. I think we're at about twenty or twenty-five people who are on your side. I'm not saying you even know who they are, but they're on your side in this argument that we have invited on. Okay, and it's important to me that people know that. Okay. Um, and you two are literally the first two to accept. Um, so. Again, kudos back to you for that. Thank you. But, uh, and this is so awesome because what it
4: does is I believe anything, any podcast like this needs to be fair and balanced. Okay, the commissioners need fairness. The commissioners need the balance. But we also need that same fairness and balance. And this is what it's given us here. And I really appreciate you uh, allowing us to come on here. Ron, I defer to you. You had a couple things to say, sir.
0: Yeah, as far as yelling, I'm not going to yell at you guys. I did plenty of yelling at the commission meeting to the commissioners themselves. So, um, You know, just to kind of speak to, speak to some of the falseness that you've heard and some of the lies that have been told to you. Frankly, that's what it is. You know, 100, 200, 300 trail cameras on one tank. It just doesn't exist. It just doesn't. I, I've been in the biggest units. I've, I've, I've hunted the biggest bull elk and the biggest mule deer that honestly, not only the state, but the country and the planet really puts out. Arizona puts out some of the best quality elk and mule deer that you'll find anywhere on planet Earth. And I've been there. And I can tell you the most cameras I've seen was 18 on on one tank. Now, 18 may sound like a lot. And you think, oh my God, 18 cameras. Holy cow. How many people are coming in and checking those cameras? Okay, well, guess what? When I go in to check my camera, which I do about once every 14 days, 18 cameras, 18 people checking a trail camera, even if they go in once a week. So that's 18 times they stop. How many times people are going in there and not checking the camera, just walking around the tank, kicking a little dust around, checking for tracks. This isn't going to stop interaction at water. People are still going to show up. Now they're going to show up in force. Now they're going to show up, and sit 30, 40 yards away and let their smell think up the place so they can sit around for a half hour, 45 minutes after sunrise or the last hour and a half of daylight so they can actually see if something's coming in. Okay, I want to see what kind of bull's coming in. That seems more, I don't know, anti-welfare of animals than a camera hanging on a post. hmm for sure. So I, I, I think this is a... Uh, as much as these people just and I don't know what it is about a camera that people bought it's just they just you know there's one of the congressional one of the, the state legislators her name's Regina Cobb and she was at the commission meeting 3 years ago or, or called in the commission 3 meeting year 3 years ago and um, she is, I just can't stand I come up to a, a, a water tank and there's there's three cameras sitting there well so what did they call you a ninny D- did they make fun of you did they talk about your funny boots? No, they just, they just hung on a tree or they hung on a post. They didn't do anything. The camera doesn't do anything. And I can check my camera and I can see elk movement or deer movement day in and day out, shooting hours, daylight hours, no problem. Then as soon as you plop a butt down in a ground blind and you add the human element to the outdoors, guess what? There's sounds the deer and the elk don't recognize. There's smells the deer and the elk don't recognize. There's a ground blind there that they don't recognize. You think that doesn't affect them? Sure, they'll go nocturnal, but there's not a deer or an elk or an antelope in the state of Arizona that hasn't gone to a water hole and experienced a trail camera. They've all seen it. They've been out forever. They've been extremely popular for the last 10 years. And as far as the you know dozens and dozens, it just doesn't exist. It's a complete fabricated lie. It's a complete over-exaggeration. And it's, it's just, as far as fair chase goes, one of the rules they talk about for fair chase is that, you know, a device that is, that, and I don't have the exact words in front of me. I'm, I'm t- pulling this off the top of my head. But a, a device or application that guarantees a kill without any skill or without the hunter being present? Well, I have to be present to draw my bow. And I have to have skill to place an arrow. And I have to have skill to squeeze a trigger properly on a rifle in order for that rifle to hit its mark. A trail camera can't do any of that for me. And a trail camera can't tell me anything that is guaranteed. All it tells me is what happened in the past. All it does is give me intel on what kind of animals are in the area, tell me whether I'm, I don't know, Working in a a productive spot, Um, one of the commissioners talked about the North American uh, model of wildlife conservation, and he read the book on the North American model of wildlife conservation, and nowhere in that book does it talk about trail cameras. But what it does talk about in that book that they always seem to neglect is that that model is to allow your immature animals to grow to maturity and harvest the mature ones. What better can help me do that than a trail camera? What better can help me with that? A trail camera is going to tell me where all the two points and all the three points are, and I'm going to avoid those water holes. And it's going to tell me where the, the bachelor herd of bucks are that are all the four and five and six points.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt that there's no doubt that a trail camera aids in wildlife management. That's, that's a proven scenario. Absolutely. I will say that there is... A slight difference between private ground and public ground when it comes to trail cameras and wildlife management. And unfortunately, what happens is a symptom called the tragedy of the commons. On private ground, you have complete control over the wildlife, right? So you decide what gets killed and what doesn't get killed. But on public ground, you don't know if the animal that you see and you say, well, I'm going to pass that up because it's too young, the trail camera next to you may say, hmm, I want to kill that. And it's almost a tragedy of the commons kind of thing. So I would say that there is a wildlife management component to trail cameras, absolutely on private ground. On public ground, it's shaky because you really have no control of anyone except yourself when it comes to the the management of that wildlife. You can select animals, absolutely, but you have no idea what your neighbor's going to select at the same time.
0: You are absolutely correct. And that is up to the individual ethics and the individual morals and the individual standards of the individual hunter 100 i can't i you know if, if the state of arizona put in a, a point restriction then then it's on rule then it's on paper then everybody has to follow that 100 percent. but when it just says any antlered buck then i can't tell a guy he can't shoot a spike that walks in but i know i'm not going to
3: yep does the ban I'm sorry, really quickly, this is my lack of knowledge, and I honestly tried to research it right now and couldn't find it. The ban is statewide to include across private ground?
2: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, there's no differentiation. So talking to Jay Scott yesterday, obviously Arizona doesn't have huge acreages of private ground like Colorado, right? 100,000 hectare ranches, 50,000 hectare ranches, not even 10,000 hectare ranches, or acre ranches. Sorry, I'm using hectares because I'm South African. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> um, so there wasn't, Cody, to your point, there wasn't really a big private land outcry because there aren't these big land, wealthy landowners, private landowners in the state of Arizona. Let me let me push the conversation a little bit along, if I can. Sure. Um, so I watched a video. I think I watched you, Josiah, on video on YouTube, and I want to talk about next steps. So in that video, it was very um, adamant that you guys were ready to sue the Arizona Game Fish. Is that currently still your stance?
4: It is. We are going to exhaust every resource to avoid that. Okay. I can't tell you everything we're doing. Okay. But here's the thing, Robbie. We're at the point now, we would just love them to, to get them to the negotiation table and come up with something that's fair. Come up with something, say you shut down Ron had a suggestion of 48 hours before you had a hunt and you you could not use your trail cam. I love it. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. I think they went too far with the total ban. And there's here's the thing too we need to understand on that. Yeah, okay, so let's get back to this real quick. Yes. If we've exhausted all our resources, Robbie, then yes, we are going to sue. No ifs, ands, or buts. We already have all the motions, everything in line for that, okay? And we feel like we can win that, okay? Because based on how they did this. Now, I would rather negotiate with the commission or the Arizona Game and Fish Department to a point that we did something that worked instead of a total ban. The total ban does not make sense. Because here's the facts. The facts are they have no scientific research. They have no scientific research to back up a total ban. All it is is opinion based.
2: So let me ask this, it would be obviously, and I'm gonna couch this in two ways. One, it obviously is, you know, it doesn't look very good when the sportsman of a state sue the game and fish of that same state. However, however, there this is why America is so great in that you have a voice and you want people to listen. And when people don't listen, there are avenues to hopefully put your viewpoint across. One of which unfortunately at the end of the day would come to laying suit against someone. Um, I'm sure you guys know this better than I do because I'm going to stumble over my words, but I, there's something that's, that's nagging me in the back of my brain. So correct me if I'm wrong here, Ron, or sorry, maybe Ron, you can answer this. This rule will only go into effect, the blanket ban will only go into effect January 1st of 2022, correct? That, that's what we're being told, correct. Okay. Isn't this rule going to be opened again in 2022? What a coincidence that you say that, Robbie, yes.
0: The state of Arizona and the Arizona Game and Fish Department uh, allows for a five-year opening of uh, rule change. So every five years, Game and Fish Department goes through a rulemaking process anyhow. So once again, if we're only 9, 10, 11, 13 months or whatever away from rulemaking, what's the emergency? What's the huge emergency? And they want to say, okay, we'll send a letter to the governor's office. The emergency is you know, eminent threat of public safety and public health because of all these fights, which, by the way, have you asked them for the documentation of the fights? If well, you again, do, the
2: documentation of the fights, you know, to be honest, again, if we're all men here, right, if we were going to have fisticuffs in the bush over a trail camera, and fisticuffs, that's a very scientific South African term for a fight. Yeah, sure. Um, is nobody's going to say anything. You're going to fight... You're not going to call the cops. They're not going to call the cops. So there's not going to be a record of it. Um, but I hear what you're saying. I absolutely hear what you're saying. Where's the records? But let me ask this. I, I was actually thinking of, of it differently. The fact that it is up for opening in 2022, isn't that, the, isn't that the crack in the door for what you guys want?
0: Well, no, because to try and get a, uh, a, a rule reversed is, is nearly impossible. To try and get a, a rule that's already been changed reversed is a very difficult process. And once again, we're not be anybody to the table. Game and Fish Department is going to pick up the phone and say, Hey Ron, you and three or four of your guys uh, in your group that want to sue us, do you want to come to the table and talk about some kind of, you know, moderate, generic process that we can go through and um, and, and get this get this handled? Is, is there a is do you have a proposal for us that everybody's gonna be okay with? And yes sportsmen will not be able to use cameras a little bit during their hunt or a little bit before their hunt or both um, but we can actually address some of the fair chase issues that we really feel need to be addressed in this in this state in the public land that we have and I and I understand I totally understand where they're coming from I, I've been on the receiving end of people messing around with the trail camera when I'm trying to sit a spot i I've, I've been there there's ways to fix it but they're not going to reach out to us. They're not going to do an open forum. They're going to come to a meeting with a proposal. That proposal, they're going to do open comments. We're gonna, we did two different open comment sessions this time um, or public comment sessions this time on this rulemaking. You had thousands of replies, overwhelmingly didn't want any – this blanket trail camera ban, and they did what they wanted to do anyhow. So how confident would you be that we're going to be able to reverse this and get something fixed?
4: No, I can
2: understand
4: that. Yeah, I can understand that. It. It's not it's not gonna happen, Robbie, because remember this was a personal agenda. This is something that had to be done before Commissioner Davis was done being the chairman of the commission. So this had to get done this year. We're trying to figure out where the emergency's at. They've only had what, Ron, is it nine complaints? since
0: 2009, nine nine or 13 complaints, since
4: 2009 guys, three since 2018. Get that. Let me ask you a question. Where is Arizona Game and Fish public outreach or their public education outreach on trail cams? Did you know that we used to have a problem in Arizona over water holes? Hunters getting to water holes and getting upset at each other, having a verbal argument, or even coming to fisticuffs, as you call it in South Africa, okay? Here, we just call it brawling. It's boxing. Let's get after it, right? Okay, but here's the thing. So Game and Fish had to address this. Very understandable. I knew of some of those instances that happened to people that I knew, okay? So Game and Fish did a great job. They did a public education outreach, and it's called First Come, First Serve. So if I don't care if I've been sitting at a waterhole for six days straight, if another guy shows up on the seventh day and he's there before I get there and I show up, the etiquette is this, and we've been trained this by their public outreach to say, sir, no problem, I'll go away, you beat me here, it's your waterhole. And that's how we approach that. It has saved a lot of fights, it's saved a lot of arguments. Now, why don't they do the same thing over the trail cam issue? You see what I'm saying? Do a public outreach, give them some ethics. We do know that you can't legislate morals and ethics. They're trying to legislate morals and ethics. It's impossible because that's an individual decision by each person that's in the field.
0: And funny enough, to piggyback on that, if you look on the Arizona Game and Fish Department's website, and you find the fair chase section, they will literally say we cannot legislate fair chase. And yet what are they doing right now? Legislating fair
2: chase. So let me ask this, and this is a, a I've actually got two questions that I, I wanna explore quickly. Yeah. So going back to the Senator, Bob Thorpe, he pulled his, um, pulled his, his bills, which would have been true legislation. What the commission does, is that, is that true legislation?
0: It is true legislation. They, 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 get, they wind up in the Arizona revised statutes. It is true legislation because it is rulemaking that is done by the, uh, the commission or the department that has the authority over the specific rule. Um, the Arizona Fish Department will be the ones that will be enforcing that rule. Therefore, they're allowed to write it. It goes through the review process, the public opinion process, the public input process. Sure, it sure. gets approved. It goes on. It becomes rule based on public opinion at that point in time and signed by the governor and put into law. So it all becomes but part of the only, Arizona revised statutes, yes.
2: But the chain, the difference between true legislation on a Senate level, House level, government level, and the commission is that in the state of Arizona at least – Every five years, that rule is opened and looked at, and could be changed. Correct.
0: Or it could be open at any given time legislatively. So it's it, it's two different ways of it's right. two different it's right. Two right. different right. ways right. of skinning a cat. So,
2: so let me just go back and just not to beat a dead horse. I know you said that it would be it's very difficult to reverse a ruling. Are we asking for a reversal completely here, or an amendment to the ruling that is more selective, maybe with a space and time component added to it?
4: Well, I would say this, if it starts out wrong, how could it end up right? How do you amend something that's already wrong? I say we need to totally defeat this bill or this rule and go to the table and bring forth a negotiation somehow of a reasonable trail cam management system.
0: I and I agree hundred percent with what Josiah says. We we have a plan, we have a proposal. I personally have a proposal. I've ran it by uh friends, colleagues. Uh Josiah agrees with it. I've ran it by uh several game and fish wardens. I'm not gonna quote any of them on the uh on the record because I they're my friends and I don't want them to have to get in any kind of trouble. Um, but what I've proposed and what I want to propose would be the most enforceable and the easiest enforced that you could possibly imagine, and it would solve the problems of people checking trail cameras during hunts, which, we're, which is where we're worried about, you know, fair chase. Um, it would solve the problem of checking trail cameras interrupting other people's hunts, which is the hunter harassment and the quality of the hunt on public land and it, it it's honestly i mean what i have i want to bring forward no one's wanting to listen to no one's picked up the phone and i asked hey ron and and they all have my number by the way they 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 know me well enough they all have my number all they gotta do is say ron what, what do you got sure. bring it to me are yeah. they going to i don't know they haven't so
2: far well i'll say something and then cody you can wrap us up i i want to say that um as, uh, to echo Cody's thoughts earlier, I think that uh, you know you, the way that you just ended it is a great way to, to, to wrap this. in that you know you guys have done your due little your your due diligence.
3: Uh, your due diligence. You can say fizzy though. Yeah, it's that I South
0: know. African whiskey you're sipping on there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> If I can interject real quick, there's one thing that I've wanted to say in public that hasn't had a chance to go on the record, and so I'm just going to say it right now. If you'll give me 90 seconds, go ahead. The one thing that Commissioner Davis keeps talking about is we want to be forward thinking. We want to think about the population of Arizona not as 8 million people, but as 12 million and 16 million. The popularity of trail cameras now—it's only going to get more, and it's only going to get. Okay, so in the state of Arizona, we issue about 35,000 elk tags a year, and we issue about 70,000 Deer tags a year, and we issue about 1500 antelope tags a year. That's with an 8 million person population. So double that, 16 million people. How many elk tags are we going to issue, Josiah? Give me a quick answer. 35,000. How many deer tags are we going to issue, Josiah? 70,000. Yeah. Are we going to double that just because the population has doubled? Absolutely not. Why? No. Because we have a finite resource, not an infinite resource. There can only be a finite number of sportsmen and outdoorsmen and hunters in the field. So talking about population growth and forward thinking is just ridiculous. We're not, because there's 16 million people in the state of Arizona 20 years from now, doesn't mean we're going to have 80,000 elk tags and 200,000 deer tags, and we're going to see 75 or 100 trail cameras on every single tree. It's it's, it's 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 creating a false narrative. It's creating a problem that doesn't exist and isn't going to exist. There's no way to guarantee that this problem is be, is going to become bigger and bigger over time. At this point in time, cameras are available enough that you would think you could go to any water hole anywhere in the state and you would see 7 to 12 on them at every single water hole. And I guarantee it. in all the southern units, several of my units that I hit out in the lower deserts so that God himself doesn't want to hunt in, but I do. Um, if I pull up to a water hole and I see two other cameras there, I'm surprised. If I, there's multiples that I have cameras on right now that I'll never, see, I'll never see another trail camera on those at all whatsoever. And I get fantastic pictures of desert mule deer that I'll never, ever kill, simply because I know they're not patternable. Now I'll let you guys wrap. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk uh, through that final point. that, that just, I haven't had the opportunity to say I'd like
4: to say one more thing, Robbie, if that would be okay. Yes, go ahead, just that. Why did they penalize the whole state? If there's only three units with a problem, why did they hit every county, every national forest, everything that has to do with wildlife in Arizona? Why didn't they just address the three units that they suppose, and one of the units, I exclusively hunt myself every year, and I'm up there more than 95% of the public. The only problem I found is somebody stole my trail cam. Other than that, never had a fight, never had an issue, never had a problem. So I think maybe they overreacted to a very simplistic problem that could have been solved very easy. They actually put a hard answer to a simple question. Okay, basically what the commission has done is they've gagged it gnats. And swallowed camels <laughs> because now they've infuriated the public hunter. They've infuriated 80% of the hunters in Arizona. Okay? They've reacted wrong to this issue. They've actually over dramatized it and overreacted to a very simplistic issue. addressed the three units that supposedly or supposedly have a problem and leave the rest of the state alone. That's not necessary. Why are you penalizing coos guys? Why are you penalizing sheep guys? That's not fair. Many of these guys use their resources and their education from trail cameras to help wildlife managers in many, many ways. So to me, game and fish is shooting their own self in the foot. And now you know what? We wanna make them bandage up their own foot and come back to the table, and let's fix it for
2: them. Well, gagging on – I'm going to
4: mess it up. Gagging on gnats
2: and swallowing camels. That's fantastic. That's the greatest.
4: Yes, that's exactly what they're doing. They're gagging on gnats and swallowing camels, swallowing camels.
3: I wrote it down. (laughs) I'll use it for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe I'll 92% understand what it actually means, but I'm saying it again for sure.
4: (laughs) Okay, so remember, guys, there's no scientific research for anything that Game & Fish has done. Just so you know, the only scientific research that Arizona Game & Fish Department has done and or the commission is based on public comments only. And every public comment session has overwhelmingly been against trail cam ban.
0: And, 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 and there are actually rules in place that they're supposed to lean on and give weight to public comment. And clearly they haven't because all five commissioners at the June meeting came prepared with their 10 to 15 to 20 minute speeches on why they were voting for a complete ban. And they didn't listen to a word anybody said through both public comment periods, uh, the public comment session actually at the meeting, um, they had made up their mind long ago what they were going to do. And these are five gentlemen, three of which have probably never touched a trail camera in their life and uh, have no clue what the actual capabilities of a static trail camera really does. So,
2: Cody, any final thoughts?
3: Yeah. Um, again, I want to I want to I can't overstate that I'm, I'm not a big I'm, I'm a huge believer in states rights. And a huge non-believer in people from afar judging what's happening somewhere. So, the my opinions and my my interest in this, um, really and truly are selfish. Of, I I, I don't want Arizona to lead the nation in this process, right? Like that's I'm I'm, I'm admitting that that's not that I don't care about your guys' rights, but the the deep care in it is uh, I need. I would need, if the exact same thing happened in Colorado, I would be trying to find the, the, the Ron Nixon and Josiah Scott of Colorado to throw my weight behind, um, and someone would have to give me someone would have to give me a better. No, I, you're you're right. It is that that's what I'm scared of is the domino effect across the country. Um, I also don't want you guys to lose lose you know have your rights chipped away. At the same time, I don't like assumptions. Um, I don't like speculation in any way when it comes to these kind of things. Um, And I I promise you that it is our intention to have the commissioners on um, and ask. You know, if if Robbie lets me talk in a very polite and gentlemanly way, I'll ask what was the motivation for an all-out ban and give them (laughs) a fair chance because I think probably. I'm probably in the top two or 3% of people outside Arizona that have watched this and studied it and researched it. Um, And I right now at this moment don't get it. Um, And then unfortunately I start to make the speculation that it seems like that death of a thousand cuts that I, that phrase I've used too much of chipping away um, at our rights. And especially when The national and international organizations recognize static cameras as fair chase. That's where I stand on this issue. The part of me that uh, smiles about this is, you know, to go back to what Robbie said, um, the fact that you guys are organizing, the fact that you guys have a plan. I've seen the numbers of people that are supporting you. Um, that's a goosebump thing for me. That's America, right? Like that's, that's, uh, sometimes we gotta, we gotta take a shot in the chin, but we have the right to get back up and fight for ourselves. Um, so I applaud that part of it. I will be cordial and inquisitive, um, and listen genuinely to the commissioners when we talk to them as well. But I also just put it on record how I feel about the situation. Not you the can answer. yell at
2: him. Okay. i give you permission.
3: <laughs> no, we won't. Just like we, we won't didn't won't. yell at
2: you guys, we won't yell at them. Um, you know, we we feel like we set a different tone with Blood Origins, and um, you know, I I really appreciate both of you and your passion for what you are driving for, and you know, from our Blood Origins perspective, we are here to convey the truth about hunting. And we're here to make sure that hunting is around for my kids and my grandkids one day. And that's why we put so much passion into what we do day in and day out. Um, we want to tackle difficult subjects. We want to tackle them very differently than anybody else would tackle them, allow all sides to have their opportunity, um, and come at those discussions in a very fair and balanced way without any bias, one way or another. So, Ron, Much appreciate you. You have our email address. You have both mine and Cody's email addresses. Josiah, same to you. Feel free to email us. Um, Let us know um, in the future. Maybe we do this again in six months' time and see where we are in six months' time. Uh, The offer will be absolutely there for you guys to do that. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, boys. Thank you for having us. Thanks, guys. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.
4: In wild country,
2: rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.